magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. Yeah. Slanked. Hey guys, what is up and welcome to the Touch Arcade Show episode number 514. Uh, Happy New Year, everybody. It's 2022 and um, we apologize. We were not in action the last couple of weeks. We'd kind of planned on maybe being able to do something, but you know, it's holidays, stuff's going on. Uh, I have a a toddler terrorizing me 24-7 and um, also an infant that I have to try and not kill and keep alive. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, things just didn't work out for us to be able to record the past couple of weeks. So apologies for that. However, I mean, the primary thing I feel like that people missed were uh, the last or this will be the last podcast this year jokes. See you next year. I know we didn't get to do any of that stuff. And um, yeah, I don't know. What are you going to do? What's your New Year's resolution? There's always next year. I don't have a resolution. Did you? Do you have one? Yeah, it's 4K. (laughs) Wow. That's a good one. Actually, it should be 8K, right? Yeah, I guess so. 4K is years old now. Yeah. Um, So it's 8K. I take that back. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, so anywho, yeah, um, as we talked about a little bit, uh, on the pre-show, we, um, the last couple of weeks were posted all of our, uh, best mobile games thing, our game of the year thing, a bunch of best of switch stuff. And we're going to go through all of that this week. Um, kind of just talk about the, the year that was 2021 and, um, I guess what's going on in, in 2022, the year of uh, the Rona. The full the year of the Rona, the first official full year of the Rona. I know it's nice to have not just some partial year, just a full year. Yeah. And hey, 2022 is off to a pretty good start, too. I think we might have another full year ahead of us. Yeah, I feel like right now um, I know more people that have the Rona than don't have the Rona. Yeah. And like our yeah. social circle consists of people that like, you know, are all vaccinated where masks were appropriate, primarily yeah. boosted, like we're all boosted up. I don't know. Yeah. But I think we're at the point now where it's like more people are going to get it, but it's going to be less severe and less people are going to die, but people are still going to die yeah. from it. So, well, yeah, like a lot still of still need to be careful. A lot of my friends that were testing positive, um, were just did like those at home tests, you know, like ahead of going to see family for, Christmas, yeah. and, you know, because they were just like, all right, well, we'll do Christmas this year. Everyone just do a COVID test at home before you come. Just, you know, right. make sure, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't know. And yeah, a, a, quite a few people I know tested positive there and they were like, what the fuck? Like, I don't really feel sick at all. Like I've got like yeah. a runny nose, but it's like winter yeah. and, right. you know, like <laughs> particularly like in, in colder climates, like up in Chicago, you know, like winter in Chicago, I just, when you're in the cold, your nose runs. I mean like that, I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't think twice about some of the symptoms that friends of mine that are testing positive have turned out to have, yeah. you know, just like yeah. extremely mild, like yeah. barely even cold symptoms. So 
but you know you're talking like people that are vaccinated and boosted so I yeah don't know. yeah but you guys have been okay yeah, with that we've been okay i um we, we both have been boosted and um i haven't taken a test since well a while it was over a month ago so it's not like wouldn't be valid now but yeah Still aren't really going anywhere or anything like that, but we have we did see some family over holidays that I wasn't expecting to see, and um, you know I feel like uh, hopefully I <laughs> we had the kids be a little bit sick here and there, and then um, you know like you said I feel like I've had a, maybe a symptom or two of just seasonal wintry yeah. stuff, but I haven't felt like sick at any point or anything. So yeah, like, who knows? So, maybe I had it and didn't realize it or something. I don't know. For me, like ahead of ahead of the holidays, like I had a couple of days where I I was like, I, maybe I feel like I'm getting a sore throat, but I don't know. It's so minor. I don't really care and just didn't think about it. And yeah, I don't know. And then my sister was down for Christmas and the day that she left, she was pretty sick. And then she went home and tested positive for COVID. And we spent the entire mm. day in the car together and Whoa. I was fine. So either... Yeah either the vaccine works really well and I was exposed but didn't get it or I had it when yeah. I had a super minor sore throat and was like, Oh, this is a little weird, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah. I've had some friends in those situations too, where it's like my mom got it, but I don't have it. And we spend all the time together. You know what I mean? And, um, I, I don't know what to make of that. If it's just like picking and choosing who it wants to infect, or if it's like, maybe you are getting it, but it's so mild, it doesn't show up on a test or anything like that. Like, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, and to be able to explain that, um, yeah, or I don't the know. tests just aren't hundred percent reliable all the time, which could be too. But yeah, I mean, it would be cool to, um, and I don't even know if this is a thing or how you do this, but like to get some kind of tests that could tell you like, Oh, here's, you have all the antibodies for this stuff. Like you definitely had at some point and you're probably pretty good now. Yeah. And, you don't yeah. need to worry about it as much kind of thing instead of yeah like because we're still you know fairly cautious with yeah you know, all this stuff us too know? yeah i don't know fairly cautious but you can only do so much so yeah right um but anywho yeah the year of the the year two of rona year three or whatever you want to call it um entering, here we come entering full year two partial year three i don't know yeah, <laughs> whatever it is, it's kind of here to stay at this point. Um, but uh, let's jump into what uh, the stuff I had set aside about the best of the year stuff that we posted. Um, so, uh, Mikhail and Sean put together quite a few things on the Switch side um, for best of the year stuff. And in fact, it was kind of funny because Mikhail was like, there's going to be more Switch stories for end of year stuff than iOS stories. And he was wanting me to like split up all the best games lists and things like that and do a bunch of separate game of the year things and stuff like that. And I was like, honestly, I always felt it's best to have like one as few things as possible because there's more chance to have like one big list of good games shared than like a yeah. bunch of like genre lists split yeah. up shared. Um, so we just had two best of iOS things and, uh, one, two, three, four, five, uh, Nintendo switch things. So, but the switch things are kind of different too. So this first one is, um, 
the best physical releases, right? So that doesn't even apply to iOS. <laughs> but um, for those of you who are still buying physical games, weirdos. Um, <laughs> you weirdos. Uh, Mikhail's run down what he thinks were the best physical releases of the year. And uh, he does a really good job with like um, taking pictures of all the, the bonus stuff that comes with everything and what the cases are like and the manuals and um, all the things that are part of a physical release of a video game, which feel like a different lifetime to me who hasn't bought a physical game. Actually, I guess Ring Fit Adventure, does that count? That would be yeah, the last, that would be physical, the last, game I... last physical game <laughs> that we bought for sure. Uh, so, but I don't even know where that case is or anything. So, um, so anywho, uh, best physical releases 2021 for the Switch. Check that out. And then next up is the best ports of 2021. Um, this is always a good one because there's lots of good ports that come out on the Switch. It's kind of like a port machine. And um, there were some really good ones last year. Uh, varying levels of, you know, quality with things like this too, especially when you bring something over that's like a, a more current generation game. Um, sometimes those things struggle on the little switch, which oh, I didn't is... even realize Spelunky 2 came out. Holy shit. Okay. Well. Spelunky 2 came out. Yeah. Um, so this is another nice list of some good games. And um, if you're looking to check out some ports of games, um, I like that Super Mario 3D World is on here because that's a port of a Wii game. <laughs> I think there's no... I. There's no significant Wii U games left to port to the Switch, right? I think it, all the good ones um, have made it over. Twilight right? Princess, right? Is that or is that a Wii game? I think that was a Wii game. That was a Wii GameCube Wii Straddler. If oh, I remember okay, right. yeah, I'm so, imagining that as a. Wii I think Skyward Wii Sword was the Wii Wii U Straddler. And <laughs> did that, you did that you play much of that? Over. Did you buy the Wii Skyward Sword? No, I haven't. No. I have. I have it. I haven't started it yet. Yeah, I play a little bit. I just like I don't know. It wasn't clicking with me for whatever weird reason. Like the yeah, because they they built it based on what the the Wii U Motion Plus thing or whatever. Yes, and revamp a lot of it. Yeah, like the the revamp stuff. Just I don't know. Like I feel like the um, there's something weird with how you control the camera. Like you need to like hold down a trigger to move the camera or something. Instead yeah. of just having like the right stick be locked to camera movement, I was just like, all right, this is just awkward. Yeah, I can't really get around this. The right stick is like the sword movement or something. So um, I think somebody was saying that that game is like the worst to play handheld because of the with the buttons you have to hold or whatever. And But if you play with like a, a pro controller or something, it's actually a lot better. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I cramp up on handheld anyway, but yeah, it's a bummer uh, because I just like Zelda games so much, but I just like could not get into that one because of the controls. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to play it because I have, it's one Zelda game I have not played and, um, you know, I hear pretty good things about it, so we'll see. But, um, so anyway, next big list was the, the best switch ports of the year. And now the best hidden gems is our third switch list, which, um, it's always fun to look at what other people consider like the hidden gems of a, a system. And um, this one has some really good picks in it, too. So if you're looking for some new Switch stuff that's kind of under the radar, the hidden gems list is what you should do. And then Sean does this every year. He does a uh, list of the best genre awards, which is basically um, the best game in each genre. So the best platformer game, Super Mario 3D World. Uh, best role playing game, Shin Megami, Shin Megami Tensei. I, I think it's Megami. I, SMT5. 
SMT5. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so this is always really popular to see. I think people like to see what the best entry in a particular genre is, um, especially if you're looking for oh, like a specific type of best game. fighting game, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Hmm. Oh, yeah, I heard that. Uh, I heard some idiot company made that game. Well, um, I'm just glad that um, the giant sack of cash that I sent to Sean made it through <laughs> uh, the customs in Japan. I was kind of worried about mm-hmm. that for a little bit. Yeah. Because it was just kind of yeah, like a... worked out good. You know, actual like uh, cash bag with two dollar signs on it, yeah, uh, tied like with a, rope that ha- just had a shipping label on it. <laughs> tied with twine, yeah, you know? <laughs> from a cartoon burglar. Um, so yeah, good uh, best of particular genre games, and then the final switch list we had is the top ten games twenty twenty one. Which uh, is in order of preference, too. So that's always fun because people like to argue about things like this. But um, really good top ten list. Uh, really good games released um, this year for uh, the Switch. So I still need to play this ActRaiser remake or sequel or yeah. remake, yeah. sequel, whatever it is. Um, Requel? I was so excited when it came out. And you know, I like bought it instantly and like yeah. watched the cutscene, more or less. Right. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, just wanted to briefly mention all the Switch things. I will link to them in the podcast post too, so you can easily find them or whatever. But uh, lots of good Switch coverage for what was a very lovely year in Nintendo Switch games. And then, of course, we get to the best um, mobile games of the year, which, um, man, did I wait until the last minute to put this guy together. Uh, I usually start this list at like the beginning of November because... Um, that way you can just kind of get your your brain in motion. You can get the bulk of the year's releases kind of out there and start thinking about it. And then I mean, it gives I feel you another, like, like um, a couple of months to, to wrap things up. And Every year we talk about like just doing this throughout the year. You know, just like having a draft oh, yeah. WordPress it's, uh, I, where it's I, like. <laughs> I've tried that and it's so hard to keep a running list like that. Um, I haven't found the proper, I don't know, I guess workflow to get that to be a thing. Um, for me, it just worked better to go back and look at everything that was released and make a big ass list and then just kind of like call the list down to what we think, you know, should be included or, or whatever. And even then, like this list, I think is something like 80 games or something like that. That's always how it is. And, um, it's just gargantuan and it could have been probably close to, I think the original list I had was like 140 games or something like that, which is just too many to put in one list. Um, but that's also being very generous, including a lot of things that are like cool in their own way, but maybe not like best game or whatever. So, um, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to make a lot of these cuts to get a list trimmed down to be even manageable. But even I would say this list is probably, it's so damn big, but, um, that's just the way mobile is though, too. I mean, every week is like a dozen or more games getting released like every single week. Um, so, you know, by the end of the year, you got many hundreds of games to consider. So um, that's just the way it works out. But so, yeah, please check out the uh, the best mobile games 2021 list. Put a lot of work into it. Started it super late. Actually didn't even post this until um, Monday, this past Monday, I think. So um, any big call outs you've got that you want to go through on this? Um, hmm, big call outs. Um, 
oh, one of these, uh, it's hard because the other thing too is like, you can't put a video for every game because there's too many games and you can't even really put a screenshot of every game because that just becomes too much. So you just kind of got to plug some in every so often to kind of just break things up. But then I always feel bad because I'm like, well, that game got the video embed and the other games don't. I feel like it makes these games stand out more. Um, But hopefully people will click through on like the write-ups we do on these different games because then you'd find all the videos and and whatever associated with them. But um, this Knights of San Francisco game I thought was really unique and cool. And um, I'm not a big game book person, but for whatever reason, this one really kind of grabbed me. Um, it's a game book that uses um, like a, a natural language generation software um, for all of its dialogue and stuff. Um, and then it has like a really interesting like dynamic combat uh, engine too. And so basically you'd go through, um, there's a whole story to follow with some branching paths and stuff. It's kind of like your typical game book sort of thing. But then when you enter battle with somebody, Um, like all sorts of wacky stuff can happen because it's all like generated on the fly and it kind of creates these really funny scenarios sometimes where it's like those dudes like all both arms and legs got hacked off and he's still trying to like attack me or whatever and um, just some funny stuff can happen just based on the combat being so unpredictable but then um, same with like all the the uh, text generation and stuff like really feels like anything can happen and it's one of those games that really feels like it's different every time you play it um as opposed to just like you're going through one of the next preset scenarios of a game book or whatever it feels really organic i guess um so i thought that was really cool and um and then uh do you have anything to say about league of legends wild rift because that was actually apple's game of the year pick this game is so good it's like kind of crazy like so i Finally was able to get a PC. So I've been playing like proper League of Legends again. But uh-huh. um, you know, like before um, I got a, a new computer put together, um, mm-hmm. Wild Rift, I mean, that 99.9% scratched the itch that um, that like uh, that I was missing with not having really? PC League of Legends. Yeah, it's like it's mm. really wild, like just how um, just how good this game is. And they do a lot of stuff. What's been sort of interesting between the two games is that they, there are a lot of things that they did in wild rift that were more or less, less lifted from, um, uh, arena of valor, you know, because mm-hmm. uh, there's always this kind of like weird thing where it's like, Oh, they're both 10 cent companies and it's pretty much the same game. And yeah, it's always yeah. been really odd to me that, um, yeah, like Arena of Valor was its own thing when it's like, all right, well, yeah. Tencent also owns Riot and Riot has like League yeah. of Legends, which is just like a massive global brand. So like, why why are they keeping it separate kind of thing? So, well, I think we talked about this before too, that like, um, I, I would imagine the reason for that was like Riot being scared of watering down their PC baby. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And having it be like a baby mobile game. Or, or whatever, um, but then seeing how popular Arena Valor and, and Honor of Kings were and being like, oh man, we should have just made it a League of Legends game. Because imagine if four or five years ago when those games launched, right. and Honor of Kings, which is the Arena Valor, the non-US version or whatever, is the, the most popular version. game yeah. in China. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so like, that's huge. And so um, imagine if it had been League of Legends 
branded from the start, I bet they're kind of kicking themselves that they didn't do that. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I, I guess I would be really, really curious, like behind the scenes, like how much these games actually share. Like if they are, yeah, like totally independent games that were just like happen to be made, yeah. very similar to each other, or. I mean, I don't know, because I mean, there's there's been a bunch of MOBAs on mobile, right? And they all kind of it's hard to say, like, who the actual innovator is, because like there's really only so many ways you can control a character that has right. four abilities and interacts yeah, right. with a map and, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. So but yeah. I, I definitely think that there's something to be said about like Arena of Valor um, really kind of like got very close to perfecting this as uh, like a a genre on mobile or yeah. maybe they did perfect it. I don't know. And then wild yeah. just came in and we're like, all right, well killer job on this. Like we're going to take it to the next level with, um, yeah, you know, kind of like the, the brand and the characters that everyone knows. Cause that was, that really was yeah. like the only thing that I ever thought was missing from arena of valor is you would, you'd play it. And it's like, um, all the yeah, off like brand versions of characters, yeah, like you know, the, the Kmart <laughs> store brand version of like the league of legends characters you recognize. Yeah. And, I, what irritated me more than anything else about it too is it was like so on the nose with like you know the character names would be very similar and the models would be almost identical and the move sets would be mm-hmm. basically the same and it's just like right yeah you know, just just like I don't know it just it felt so much like a knockoff to me that that kind of like damaged the kind of like perception of quality of the game which is uh, it's such a yeah. wacky thing because like uh, you know Arena Valor is an amazing game I had tons of fun playing right. it and. Um, everything else but then yeah so Wild Rift came out um, and it, it very much is like a one-to-one mobile League of Legends I mean there were some concessions that they made like some champions that um, you know got a slightly bit easier to play because you don't need to use a mouse to aim stuff and there's a lot of like different kind mm-hmm. of just like lock-on mm-hmm. mechanics and things like that so mm-hmm. um yeah, I guess you could argue all day as to like whether or not that makes the game easier or more casual or or whatever else. But you know, also there's settings in the game to kind of like play it however you want. You know, like if you're mm-hmm. a pro player that doesn't want to use any of the assistive stuff or whatever else, like okay, you can just turn all that shit off. Like it's just yeah, you know, it works fine. I mean, if you want to be really hardcore about that stuff, like rock on. Like you know, no one's stopping you. Right. Um, right. But what I thought was neat about it was um, for the longest time like league of legends proper on pc would have um events now and again where like maybe there'd be like a wacky game mode where um you know like the game goes faster or your character has like different like weird spells or or something like that but there never was like um kind of like all the stuff that just is sort of normal for mobile games which increase engagement retention kind of stuff like that you know so for instance like wild rift has had what i thought was a pretty cool battle pass kind of thing that a bunch of events that had uh different objectives for you to work towards which were kind of just you know like achievements uh with regards to like do x thing in game y times kind of thing um which I, I actually was surprised by how much I like that in this game because mm-hmm. um, League of Legends on PC sort of was this kind of thing where, and don't get me wrong, I mean, probably, you know, if you had my feet to the fire and were like, what's your favorite game of all time that's still out and playable? Well, first of all, it'd be Ultima Online. The number two would probably be League of Legends. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't know. It's just like such a fun game. But, but you know, you just kind of play it until you feel like not playing it anymore and then you stop, you know, there's not like yeah. a, Oh shit. All right. I got to kill like, um, 
or you know i have to just do this like one more thing because i'm so close to like unlocking there's no like big motivation yeah i mean like your motivation i guess is to kind of like rank up in um like the different like uh like tournament brackets and things like that Mm -hmm. but you know i mean i've never been super duper good at the game i mean i mostly just play for fun you know like so for me that was never a huge motivate motivating factor of like oh shit like i gotta I got 10 more games in because I'm so close to my promotion series and I can get up to gold if I try really hard. And like, I don't know, I'm just kind of fine being just okay at the game and kind of just having fun with friends and farting around and stuff. But like Mm -hmm. um, the different objectives, like really had me playing way more of the game than, than I would otherwise, because like on my PC, like I'll play a couple games, like maybe get like really bad loss in and I'm just like, all right, well, I'm going to go watch TV. Like I'm not really Mm -hmm. feeling this tonight, you know, as opposed to like, on mobile with wild rift, you know, it would be like, Oh, you have to kill three more monsters in the jungle. And then I'd be like, all right, well, I'll queue up again and finish this one and mm-hmm. we'll see with how this game goes. But I, at least I have this thing to do, even if we lose. And right, um, right, right, right. But what's, so what's interesting is that they just, um, earlier this morning, they did a 2022 kind of like look ahead stream for league of legends of like showing stuff that's coming in the PC game proper. And like mm-hmm. everything, in that sort of space that I really liked about the mobile game is coming to the desktop game uh, hmm. this year. So hmm. it'll be interesting to see how the um, kind of like PC community responds to that because it's very much like one-to-one, like, oh, here's your mobile battle pass and here's like your mobile daily right. reward kind of thing and right. Right. all that kind of stuff, which I don't know. I mean, that that stuff's in mobile games because it works and people seem to like it and yeah, you know, all that. I mean, definitely a hundred percent adds kind of like an annoying element to some of these games too, where it's like, Oh fuck, I got to get my games in today. Cause like I've done, you know, six days in a row. And if I play for seven days, I get this thing. And like, yeah, you know, so I guess if you can successfully balance the like, Oh neat, I have like additional things to work for and another reason to kind of play this game with yeah. the, oh shit, like, you know, I was really busy today and I just, I must log in before midnight yeah. to like complete this yeah. thing. Otherwise I lose progress. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you can hit that sweet spot, I think these are really fun mechanics that, um, you know, just make for a, a, a really good experience more or less. Well, I always feel like there's, there's been a long time debate with like achievements and ever since I think Xbox really yeah. popularized, uh, I guess the 360 really popularized achievements and stuff and tying them to your online profile and things like that. And then um, I definitely went through a phase in the 360 generation where I was very achievement mm-hmm. obsessed. I mean, I think everyone and, did uh, when it when it first came out because it was this, like new thing where it's like, yeah. oh, because particularly when uh, I got really into it when the Xbox 360 first launched, when there really only mm-hmm. was, you know, like, a I don't know, a, a dozen games or whatever. And I think yeah. at the time yeah. I was renting them from Gamefly or whatever. Yeah. And it was kind of slow to get new games anyway. So, you know, you didn't have a lot to do. So I've definitely killed a lot of time being like, all right, well, I guess I'll just complete all these achievements and then move on to the next one. Yeah. Well, I always thought of it as a good thing. I was like, man, I beat the crap out of this game and have nothing left to do. But, oh, now I have a big list of things to try and do. Mm -hmm. And I always appreciated it made you try to a lot of times play in a different way or whatever. Like, hey, beat this level without getting hurt or not using, you know, the best gun or whatever. And um, I like that kind of stuff. But I know there's been a large contingent of people that are like achievements are stupid and it's pointless and it's fake internet cred points or like whatever, which all that stuff is kind of true, but like who cares if people like it, like, you know, what's the big deal. But I, I've, I look at that as sort of like how 
the engagement stuff that they put in free to play games is kind of the same thing where it's like kind of like uh, you don't want to miss out on this or you want to try and play this game in a specific way to get this thing or like whatever. Um, and I always like that stuff up to the point of where it feels like a chore. Yeah. And so I mean, I remember I, your I feel like your honeymoon story is like the ultimate like these mechanics are awful and I never want to play a game like that was, again. It's you're like, yeah, I was like uh, obsessed with Marvel Contest of Champions for a few years and um, which I think is a fun game. It's fun to pull out and just dick around with and like whatever. But when you get sucked too hard into like the limited time stuff, it can be damaging. And yeah, I was literally on my honeymoon. Um, we had just went to Catalina Island. <laughs> And came back on a ferry, which is like a 45-minute ferry ride. And, and you know, connection on Catalina Island, like cellular connection, is not the greatest either. And so I was like trying to – there was like this limited event that was about to end that day. And on the actual island, I had sort of had service, so I was kind of trying to play it, but not really. And then you're on the ferry and you got nothing. And so we landed and we're at the ferry building. I had good connection. And there was something like – five minutes or 15 minutes left or something to, to finish up this whole like event. And so I had to ask my brand new wife, yeah. can we sit in this ferry building for the next 30 minutes or whatever it was while I play my little phone game um, to try and complete this thing. And I remember the feeling of like, I did it. I literally like down to the wire last second was able to complete this thing before it ended and got the bonus reward or whatever. And I remember like the reward was like nothing even that cool. And I was just like, I don't know. There's such a deflating feeling of not like not not satisfaction. You know what I mean? It was sort of just like, okay, that was why did I do that? And um, that was really like kind of the downfall of me with not just that game, but kind of like those free to play games in general, where it's like, okay, like play this thing and don't care too much about it, right? Yeah, like is yeah. I think how you have to be. Like if I miss some things, whatever. And um, I forget where it was, but somebody wrote like a really big like medium essay or something that was like how to enjoy free to play games. And that was sort of it. It was sort of like, don't care about the daily login streaks. Don't care about the limited time characters. Cause they're always going to come around again anyway. Yes. So never feel like the FOMO. And they're um, always easier to play something and cheaper. Yeah, the, second always easier the second time around. Yeah. And so, so like I've tried to kind of remember those when I get um, into a free to play game nowadays where I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to stress it. First of all, you shouldn't be stressing about playing a video game. Anyway, that's a, the opposite yeah. purpose of playing a video game to me. Um, but also just like who cares if you unlock everything or you, you get every little bit of whatever they want you to do. Because especially with free-to-play games, that stuff never ends. Yeah, and right. With that contest of champions too, I remember like being so proud of my whole team. I had a huge roster of players and I upgraded so many of them to like the maxed out like five stars or whatever. And then one day they're like, Here's the new update. There's six star characters now, and the, all my five star dudes sucked immediately. Like, yeah. and I spent so like years building all that stuff up. So it was like, okay, I feel like I don't want to get wrapped into a game like this again because it's all just sort of like silly and meaningless anyway. Yeah, and you like, know, honestly, I, so I try to make things not feel like a waste of time and not yeah. feel like a chore. And once either of those things happen, I, I put a game get rid of it so. yeah what bugs me about like the rolling daily login bonuses and i feel like arena valor might have been particularly heinous when it came to this was like you know you start getting them rolling and like you get closer and closer to like the 30 day reward the 30 day reward is just like 
some truly absurd value. It was just like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like if I can make it, I can play this game every day for a month. Like the reward that I'll get at the end of it is just like hard to believe that they're going to just give this to me for free. Right. Kind of thing. But, but then it, it creates those situations though, where you're like, Hey, we just need to sit at this building uh, for a half hour. Cause I need to play this game because if I don't, I'm going to lose out on this like thing of right. weirdly extreme value. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so so yeah, I mean, th- what you mentioned about playing games differently, I mean, that definitely is what the um, object- objective system in Wild Rift did for me because um, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the PC with not a whole lot to work for um, beyond just ranking up, you know, I always kind of stick with like, you, know, you have your favorite characters, you just play those all the time, you know, and like maybe, you know, randomly you play a different guy when like, you know, your champion that you want to play gets banned or someone else picked it so you yeah. need to choose an alternate. But like, you know, otherwise I would, kind of typically just play like you know the same half dozen guys or whatever whereas um with wild rift's objective system like it really was forcing me to be like oh okay i need to you know get fifty thousand magic damage like i I need to play like a caster character which i usually Mm -hmm. never play so like let me you know hop in there and it was just just kind of fun to give you reason to go back and do that stuff so that'll be really neat to have that all come over to the the pc but um you know yeah i was i was uh I always like things that force you out of your normal comfort zones with things like that. And um, actually, Contest of Champions did a really good thing. Lots of games do this where individual characters have like a set amount of energy, right? And then you you use them enough and then they're, you have to let them recharge or whatever. And people are always so mad at energy systems. But I always like that kind because I was like, oh, I got to use like the, my whole roster of people. Mm-hmm. And it forces you to use new characters and stuff like that. And I kind of wish like in regular fighting games, they would find out a way to do something like that. Because I feel like with fighting games, you figure out like your favorite character and you kind of stick with that. Yes. Um, If there was like a way to force you to like use everybody and learn everybody and maybe find a new favorite character or whatever. um, I like stuff like that. So, yeah, no, I've always I've I've used um, (coughs) those kind of Marvel Contest of Champions, other like mobile fighting game energy system as as examples quite a bit for like this is how you this is how you should do a good energy system. Cause it like encourages. Yeah. And, and also like what always annoyed me about energy in games was like, um, God, I think the first game that I played that had like a really aggressive energy system was Frontierville on Facebook. If you remember mm-hmm. that at all, mm-hmm. cause it was yeah. like this, like really cool kind of like, well, I don't know if you describe it as really cool. I, I was weirdly into it for whatever <laughs> dumb reason, but yeah. like, yeah, you know, you're like uh, more or less like settling a little like uh, Oregon trail kind of like frontier house farm right. kind of thing. Right? right. But the energy system was like so severe that like every time you log in, you could basically do like six things. And those six things yeah. could be like clear a rock, you know, like cut down a tree or like <laughs> yeah. start to cut down a tree. Like, I think yeah. you had to like chop your tree like four times. So yeah. you had to come back like, multiple times a day because mm-hmm. it was so frustrating because like you would, you'd, well, I don't see, I don't know if it was frustrating cause I played it and it was, it was fun. So I kept coming back. You so, did it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was like you, like in your head, like planned, like, okay, here's, here's what I'm going to do today. Like if I can get in four times, mm-hmm. I'll have enough energy. I'll be able to like clear this tree and this one rock. And then the next time I come in, I'll be able to like have my dude, <laughs> like start using that land for like a farm field or whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just kind of like the planning of all of it. But it was just like, yeah, I just, I remember being so annoyed and was like, God, I just need like one more energy. I'm not fucking paying money for this stupid thing. Yeah. That's just like very, you can bug your friends on Facebook yeah. to get like refills. That too. But I mean, I like, like that was a whole big reason for doing that on Facebook. Yeah. But like, you know, like Marvel Contest of Champions, I feel like this is 
uh, true of a lot of the games that handle this energy system this way. And that like, you know, if you really love like your, I don't know, your Spider-Man character or whoever, your Iron mm-hmm. Man or mm-hmm. whatever, um, that you use for a couple fights and he's out of energy, by the time you kind of like work your way through the rest of your roster, like Iron Man or Spider-Man's back up, right? And you could basically just yeah. like continue to churn through your guys with no yeah. stopping. You're just not yeah, always for, playing your favorite It was totally guy. like that. And it, it, it didn't take long to build up a big roster of players so that you never had a stop, a hard stopping point. You could always be playing um, the specific progress on a specific character might have to wait or whatever. But yeah, by the time you were done going through your whole roster, that original dude was like refilled again. And so you could play pretty endlessly or whatever, which I always thought was nice. Um, I hated like the hard stopping energy mm-hmm. where it was like, okay, well you played four thing, you did four rounds of this game and now it's, you have to wait eight hours or whatever. And I was like, that's dumb. You should want people to play your game. Um, you know, and, and we always pointed to eliminate, which was like kind of one of the big yeah. energy based free to play games on mobile that was like, okay, you play when you have energy and that's how you earn like XP to level up your stuff. But when you're out of that, um, you just play and you just don't earn XP, but you can keep playing. You know what I mean? And then that was such a big difference maker back in the day. Cause I would play all the time without energy and I never really cared cause it was just fun. Yeah. Right. Um, and then when you were making progress, you were like, Oh cool. Like this is, I'm earning some XP. I have my energy. Yeah. Back it was almost like you took the games that you had, like the energy for like more seriously, you know, cause like, That's okay, true I gotta too. do really yeah. good. Cause like, this is an XP game. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I yeah. was always a big fan of that. But yeah, so to, I guess close out Wild Rift, like it's um really good, really fun. Uh, the tutorial in the game is really good, um, mm-hmm. which has been kind of like a constant criticism of uh, mine with the PC version of League of Legends because like there the a lot of these MOBAs and League of Legends is certainly super guilty of this. It's not a it's not a learning curve. It's like a learning cliff where like. You know, it's basically like uh, the League of Legends PC tutorials, more or less like, all right, here's how you control your character. Uh, Here's how the buttons work. Uh, Have fun. And it's like, okay, well, (laughs) you're getting thrown into the wolves here with like people that have like a deck. actual game? (laughs) Yeah. Like people that have like an actual decade of experience. You're just like telling me like, okay, go have fun. As it's like, here, you move your guy with the mouse and you push, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Q, W, E, and R to use abilities. uh, Buy shit at the shop. See ya. Yeah, you know, whereas right. like um, Wild Rift's tutorial, I would argue like if even if you wanted to get into like you know the quote unquote like real League of Legends or you know any similar MOBA, like you know I would play through the tutorial of Wild like the first hour or so of Wild Rift because it gives you like such a good understanding of just like the, a MOBA, yeah, like the way that the MOBA mechanics work and like how the different parts of the map work and how the objectives work and all this other stuff. Yeah, um, that that a pretty fairly universally applicable like whether you want to play like league of legends or dota or um you know any of these these other ones like uh here's the storm or um you know other other stuff and you can do it on your phone while you're taking a poop so yeah <laughs> you can't beat that and and uh, one one very uh, I, so last very cool thing about wild riff that um I, i'm kind of wondering if we won't see this on more uh you know quote unquote like esport games is um mm-hmm. You can have it stay connected to both cellular and Wi-Fi at once. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it like sends the game data across like both. And it seems to just use like really? whatever is better. So like, 
Yeah, if you have like a Wi-Fi drop-off or whatever, it'll just like seamlessly switch over to cellular. That feels like every game should do that. Which like, yeah, it like warns you it uses more battery and stuff. But I was like, damn, that's really cool that they, you know, have thought of that. Because that's kind of yeah. like the one. So if you want to see like the one downside of MOBAs is they are very, very, very attention intensive, intensive, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. you're in the games of Wild Rift go way faster than the uh, PC version. But still, like you're setting yourself up for like a good 20 minutes of I am playing this game for 20 minutes uninterrupted. Yeah you know, on yeah. my phone and do not disturb mode. Um, you know, everything else, which I think is kind of a tall ask for a mobile game like that. That would be like yeah. my primary criticism of the whole thing, but yeah, you know, whatever. I, um, I never got bit by the MOBA bug, but I should give wild rift another chance. Cause, um, I feel like when it came out, it was like, I checked it out, but there's so many other things going on. Like, and now that it's been out for a while and stuff, I feel like I can just try to play it in my free time mm-hmm. and see if it clicks with me or whatever. But um, maybe I'm better off not too because I don't have a lot of free time. So well, so they've added additional <laughs> game modes to it that have um, kind of like a session time of like closer to like ten minutes or so, which I feel like is probably mm. more appropriate for mobile. But um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I just truly outstanding game, like really crazy. Like what a good job they've done with it. Like the live ops on it are incredible and. You know, I yeah. guess it's not surprising that the most valuable game company in the world can make a good mobile game, but here we are. Right, 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 right. Um, cool. So that was the uh, the the best mobile games 2021. Big old list. Um, I'll also link to this in the podcast post in case anybody out there hasn't looked at it yet. But yeah, if you're looking for any good games from this year, man, there are a lot. And um, it's always pretty wild to put these things together and see just how many games release on mobile um, every year and how many of yeah. them are actually really good. And what then always see messed people... me up with these was like uh, putting together a list and being like, holy shit, like that game came out in January. That feels like a, like, <laughs> yeah. like, a was like age ago. ago. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of wild. And um, another thing worth mentioning was that um, so many good ports. Every year there's a lot of good ports. And last year I split things up by port, mobile original, multi-platform, and then Apple Arcade gets its own thing. But um, just the sheer number of ports last year and this year really um, make mobile like such a good place to experience a lot of these really good games on other platforms mm-hmm. for like way cheaper and they're super accessible. And a lot of times nowadays too, there's like controller support too. So there's really like, we we're talking about the Switch being a really great platform for ports. Um, so is mobile. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I think I think for ports, the Switch might win out just a little bit because you have the controllers that come with it. You know, whereas that's like, true, and you have to worry less about the game being broken in a year. Yeah, <laughs> which is another big thing. But you know, but like, um, yeah, not to say anything bad about mobile ports, but I mean, like, you know, you always have that kind of like X factor of like, okay, well, sure, my phone could totally run this, but how does it actually? play on mobile right but you know in you know 2021 i mean i feel like developers you know that that problem more or less has been solved i feel like with controls like very it's hard to think of a game that i've played on mobile you know even in the last few years where it's like oh these controls just fucking suck like just just like don't work yeah, yeah just like miss the mark on this whereas like yeah i feel like um god i don't even know like what years but you're like further back you know it would be not uncommon where it's like oh neat this port's coming out and you play it's like oh yeah this is uh, basically unplayable unless you pair a controller with it 
Well, remember the original um, PS1 Laura Croft games came yes. to mobile, and it was like, hey, here's uh, 14 virtual buttons on the screen for an already complicated game to play with a physical controller, so have fun with that. And I remember I, Sean beat all those games or something. Like, Sean always looks at stuff like that as a challenge. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was just like the sort of thing where it was like, man, you guys should have really taken your time and, and made better controls for this mobile Didn't that game have like... Um... Like, didn't it require you to hold trigger buttons as like modifiers? You know, like hold down like something like, like L1 that, yeah, to aim, and to you like, just like couldn't do that yeah. with unless you like did like the claw <laughs> control where you were like, yeah, pretty yeah, much, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we have come a long ways, and nowadays, um, you know, I feel like it's not people make such a big deal out of virtual buttons and games not controlling well on touch screens and stuff like that, but I just think that's not that true anymore. And if it is, I think it's a you problem because it's not hard to practice and get better at virtual control situations. And nowadays, more often than not, there's like the ability to resize things, put things on the screen where you want them, like whatever. Um, You still lose like tactile feel that you get from like a controller, but that's not always the end of the world in a lot of cases too. And I think people make too big a deal out of that when they talk about how shitty mobile gaming is or whatever, it's like, well, the game sucked to control. And it's like, it's not that bad, dude. Get good. You know? Yeah. I'm always kind of surprised too, that we have not seen more done with haptics when it comes to, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, virtual controls, because like, you know, the iPhone for the longest time now has had like extremely advanced haptic capabilities, you know? Yeah. Um, That's super true. Yeah. It always, always seems strange to me that like, more isn't done with that in games i guess yeah 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 it's always used in a really cool way to like increase immersion or something like that where you get like cool subtle effects for stuff that's happening in the game but i feel like just something as simple as like when you switch from a to b you know slide your thumb over to switch buttons yeah it gives you a, a heads up with a haptic feedback so um yeah, there's a lot of potential for that. And then the other funny thing about um, you were just talking about the holding the triggers down during Tomb Raider or whatever, but um, a lot of the gaming phones. And I remember several years ago there was a case that had this too. Um, just having trigger buttons makes a huge difference too. Yeah, where you have you can use your pointer fingers to do additional inputs in and in, you know uh, alongside your thumbs and and whatever. Um, that's kind of a big game changer too. If phones that weren't just like the the Republic of Gamers $2,000 gamer phones or whatever. If just regular ass phones started coming out and having like two buttons on top um, that if you didn't game, you could assign for other tasks on your phone or like whatever. But when you were gaming, just having those two extra buttons up there and the ability to push them in addition to not, you know, using your thumbs makes such a big difference. So well, so I've seen I would love some, to see like the, that happen someday. Yeah, I've seen some kind of like do jiggers that um, kind of clip onto your phone that like have these yeah. like little things that will tap the screen, like but, capacitive uh, little touch guys. Yeah. yeah, but like act as trigger buttons. I think that PUBG Mobile actually like even has a mode that supports those. Oh, you might be right. Um, yeah, that's another funny thing is that you can buy attachments that are basically triggers for the back of the phone that make it touch the yeah, screen. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And um, being able to move buttons around the screen is one of the big things that makes those things work. Because if you want your right trigger to shoot, you got to like move the firing button all the way to the top so the little thing can touch it or whatever. 
But um, yeah, people get creative. And like, that's another reason, like, I, I don't understand the, the complaints about this stuff. Because I feel like this younger generation that's grown up with touchscreen gaming is just like, what's the big deal? Like, I'm awesome at COD Mobile right. or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, why can't you be too? Like, you can. So it's interesting. But anywho. Um, and then finally, we have our Tetra K 2021 Game of the Year. Um, I have my big, drawn-out, long-winded explanation of that there's actually three games of the year this year. Because... Um, we felt it was worth pointing out that one game we liked the most felt best on iPhone and one game we liked the most was iPad only. Um, and then Apple Arcade, I feel like kind of deserves its own shout because it's sort of like its own platform within a platform, um, which is funny because that's against Apple's rules. So they break their own rules to make these things happen. But anyway, um, yeah, and looking back, so I looked up all all the game of the year posts that we've done on touch arcade ever since 2009, I want to say was the first one. And, um, there was there one in 2008. Hold on. I got it right here. Uh, yeah, there was nothing in 2008, but 2009 was spider secret of Bryce manor. That was the first touch arcade game of the year. Um, and I looked it up cause I was like, well, we'll do one for iPhone. And we'll do one for iPad. We've done that a lot over the years or whatever. And I look back and we'd actually had only done that one time ever. Oh, and that was in 2010 because the iPad was new that year. And remember back for those first few years, there wasn't really universal builds of stuff. It was like, here's an iPhone version. Here's an iPad version. They're separate things. And a lot of games were like, I'm only coming out on the iPad cause we, I won't work well on the iPhone or whatever. Um, and so in 2010, I think it made a lot of sense for us to do a specific iPhone game of the year and iPad game of the year. Um, and the iPad game of the year was World of Goo, which I feel like at that time was like, okay, that makes sense. That's something that works better on a bigger screen or whatever. They since have made it universal and it does work on the iPhone, but it is it's small. I mean, some things are just made better on a bigger screen. So, um, But I was surprised to find out that's the only year we ever did that because the next year – Universal things were more popular, and we we're kind of mm-hmm. like, it doesn't seem necessary to have to split them into two things anymore. Yeah, and so from that point on, we never did an iPad game of the year on its own. Um, there was iPad only games mentioned as like a honorable mention or a runner up to a game of the year or whatever. But um, yeah, so this year I thought it was something we had done a lot before, but we didn't. Um, so this year I did an iPhone game of the year and an iPad game of the year. Um, on the iPhone side of things, Rocket League Sideswipe. Have you played this yet? Yeah, it's really good. Dude, it's so good. Um, not only is it just super fun, I feel like it's kind of like the benchmark of bringing a popular game to mobile that probably wouldn't work as just a straight port. And this kind of goes to what we were just talking about, mm-hmm. where it'd be like, okay, there's a lot of stuff to manage. You're in a 3D space. You have a, you know several buttons to deal with and, and whatever. And that's the kind of stuff that like, you know, more hardcore mobile gamers don't mind stuff like that. But like your average person is not going to be like, I'm not going to fiddle around with all that stuff. Right. And so what they did is they took Rocket League and they're like, OK, we're going to make it 2D. So all you have to worry about is going left and right. And we're going to make matches a lot shorter and we're going to make them with less people. And so it's basically everything is just streamlined. But I don't think they lost any of the fun of Rocket League. Right. Because there's still like these yeah. crazy last minute bananas shots like once in a lifetime sort of like things that you can make happen and come through and win a game or whatever. Like those moments that rocket league is like super, you know, popular for, 
I feel like translates super well even to this sort of streamlined version of the game. Um, and I think it was the right call to release like a streamlined spinoff instead of a full port. Even though iPhones could easily run a full port of Rocket League, it wouldn't be that big a deal. But I think when you're trying to manage virtual buttons and stuff like that, this is a game, it supports controllers too, but if you don't have one, you don't feel like you're really at a disadvantage because the controls are so simplified. It works fine. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was just such a good example of of taking a game that's popular on other platforms and making like a mobile specific version of it. Yeah, it almost like this. Well yeah, almost like this more than the the full blown version. Of the game, I, which like, I have felt seems like such a way. weird thing to yeah. say, but I, I don't know. Like I I like how it's a little bit faster. I like how it's. Um, yes. I don't know. I feel like when I play Rocket Arena, like uh, it's it's such a roll of the dice because it's a very complicated. I mean, you know, it appears simple, but like doing well involves yeah. like very complicated, like in air kind of stuff. You know, like very, yeah. very good control of your car, right. which yeah. I don't know. Like I've never been that good at that sort of stuff, and it it seems like particularly when you play like random with random people online, like you're either in a game with people that suck just as much of you, and it's pretty fun, or you're in games with like. They're People way are basically and like, feel yeah. like you're the crutch. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> like playing with like Neo in the Matrix, and you're just like, all right, well, I might as well just like go AFK mm-hmm. because like I'm actively harming my team, not being right. That's good. I'm getting in the way. Yeah, and um, I don't know, like the mobile version being kind of like more of a 2D sort of thing. Um, I don't know. Like I feel like it takes a lot of that out of it. It makes it way easier to do kind of like the cooler stuff in Rocket yeah. Arena. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you, and. Um, I like that the matches are super short too. Um, cause I feel like this is something you can just hop into anytime and like have like a blast. Like yeah. it's, it's one of those games that you know, you're going to have fun with fun in terms of you're excited or you're like crushed, but either way, like a really extreme emotion, um, you know, you're going to get that whenever you pull this guy out. And I think that's really cool. So, um, yeah, that was, uh, what we picked as the iPhone game of the year. And also, feel like it plays better on the iphone i feel like it's more of a tiny like a more handheld experience you can play it on the ipad and it's not bad and i'm sure plenty of people play it that way but um it just felt better on the iphone in my uh opinion and then so that led to us talking about the ipad game of the year divinity original sin 2 um this is funny this was all mikhail uh, because I don't have an iPad, <laughs> I don't have an iPad period, but uh, especially not one that can run this game. So, um, yeah, this game was kind was of a surprise it. because it was like, holy shit, like this is, this requires like a weirdly high end iPad. Like who's going to buy this? Right. And I remember this, the first time they even hinted at this coming to iPad was it was shown off at an Apple event where it was like, oh, and here we have the most powerful iPad in the world. And it's uh, this crazy console or crazy PC game is running on it or whatever. And it was like, oh, holy shit. So it did finally release or whatever. And um, Mikhail, who had already played this game on other platforms, um, put it through its paces and uh, compared everything, compared how it runs on all the different iPads that it runs on and all all the other systems it runs on and just everything. um, Really comprehensive review for it. So um, I think he was pretty qualified to say this deserves to be a game of the year uh, winner for the iPad. And um, one of these days I'm going to get myself an iPad. I feel like I should I, I should have bought that mini. Because uh, I think the mini can run, it has like the good enough internals to like run new stuff, right? The newest mini? Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I just think if you were going to get like an iPad for like games, games, so I would get like, you know, the 
latest iPad Pro, maybe? I don't I don't know. A baby. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. One of these days when I uh I don't know, replenish all my coffers from from the remodel, maybe <laughs> I'll buy an iPad. Um so anyway, if you have an iPad that can run this, um, this should be a game you pick up. If you like hardcore, full-blown, no-compromise uh, RPGs, um, then uh, this is one that you should check out. So I think that's, uh, even as somebody that can't play this game myself, I think it's a pretty deserving award for this game because it's a pretty big achievement um, to get a game like this running with co-op play too which is like a big appeal of the full pc version or whatever and console versions um i thought that was really impressive too that you can play co-op like on the same device which essentially it's rendering this game twice on the same screen like that's some impressive stuff going on so um divinity original sin 2 the uh, ipad game of the year and then um for apple arcade i feel like this is probably a no-brainer but fantasian game of the year um it's funny, too, because, like, um, it was released in two parts, right? And so I think the first part came in April and the second part came in August or something like that. But they were several months apart. Um, and they almost could be two different games. Because part one really held back on a lot of the mechanics that I think would be the either love it or hate it parts of things. And so the entirety of part one was sort of like a lot of, love it stuff where I feel like so many people were like, God, I'm really surprised how awesome Fantasian has been. It's like my favorite game right now. I'm obsessed with playing it, like whatever. Um, and then you'd hit the stopping point where it's like, Hey, part two is coming. Um, and then part two comes out and you're like, Oh boy, mm -hmm. more of this good stuff. But then it kind of changes things up and is like, okay, we're going to like test you really hard on, you know, how you are a character building and um, how you are at like your strategies and battles, especially with bosses and things like that. And it throws everything at you. And if you aren't prepared for that, they can be a bad time, right? I wouldn't, I would yeah. bet that like the completion percentage of part one was like in 80 percentile. And then part two would be like 10 percentile because I think a lot of people probably got turned off by that crazy difficulty spike and just sort of mechanical change up from the, from part one. So, um, but all that said, um, it's still a really good game. It's as long as you can put up and, and play by its rules in part two, um, it's a really good challenging game production wise. I feel like it's pretty unmatched with anything else on mobile. Um, good story, good lineage with like, you know, the final fantasy creators and stuff like that. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like it's even with warts and all, it's a very deserving game of the year type of game. And I think probably the first true what you would call like a system seller for Apple Arcade. I feel like this is a game that um, well, that's, that's you, kinda, you could subscribe to for. Yeah, that's kind of why I'm surprised of the, um, the, the way that the second one kind of panned out because I would think that they would kind of like not have it I would think that you want this to be a fairly mass market thing where it's like, Hey, check out this game is like beautiful. It's fun right. for everyone. Um, right. you know, it like adjusts difficulty automatically or, you know, like, like yeah. whatever else, instead of just like, all right, guess what you're in now. We're just going to abuse you kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Battle this boss for 30 minutes. And then at the very end, realize that you don't have the right items to fight him. And so do it all over again. Right. Yeah. Stuff like that, where you're just like, 
man, like, fuck you, game. <laughs> so I agree. What that tells me is that, um, you know, Apple was hands off with making those types of calls. Because I think if somebody at Apple was like playing it um, and realized where it was going, they would have been like, hey, we got to pull back and make it more like part one where yeah. it's more like just enjoyable. Um, but they didn't. And that's kind of cool. I mean, that's like um, the, uh, you know, original Sakaguchi's original vision for the game or whatever it get, gets to come through which i think that's nice but also um if you don't like this sort of thing you you, you have a bad time so <laughs> it's very polarizing and interesting game though um because of that because um i don't know would it be being talked about in the same way if it was just sort of like milk toast all the way through like i don't know um, probably just because the production values are so good and stuff and the story's good and whatever. But um, I think it's kind of cool that it has a hard edge on its back half too. Yeah. Um, Cause it gives you something to, to talk about. It's, it's different. So anywho. Um, so that's it. Three games of the year for 2021, all three worth checking out. Um, and yeah, that's about it. That was all of our game of the year coverage from uh last week or i guess monday really how about um stuff we're looking forward to for 2022 i'll tell you what i'm not looking forward to and that is nft stuff being in games everywhere and i feel like mobile is just extra ripe for that sort of thing well so i was kind of wondering like it seems like apple um has might gatekeep nfts on the app store yeah. which it might be one of like the good things about the crazy apple approval <laughs> process i thought about that there actually there is a game that just came out actually and i got an email from it despite having filters set up for <laughs> nfts and blockchains and crypto and all that stuff but um let me see if i uh can save it here but um you know, kind yeah, of, it's a game that came out that's like allows you to earn their special coin in the game somehow. I didn't download it or try it or anything like that, but I was just like, I don't know how any of this stuff works. Mm -hmm. But it's a game that's on the App Store and got approved that apparently you can earn real crypto coin. Earn playing. to play. So, that's what they're calling that. Earn to play, yes. Which... Uh, yeah. It's like it's hard to imagine a more like cursed thing you could. Yeah, <laughs> you know. uh, Gallant Warriors is the name of the game, and um, yeah, I don't know how it works. I mean, if you want to look it up, cool. Uh, they partnered with a place called um, Air NFT, I guess is what it's called. Uh, I don't know what runs what? the marketplace. I mean, I don't know how this shit works, and I do not care. What bums uh, me out about this is like it's like most things in crypto is that like um you know if you if you look at it from like a very high level kind of like academic theoretical like hey you know this this is possible with this kind of technology yeah. it's like oh okay yeah that that's pretty neat but like the and this is it's true of looking everything to do with crypto it's like what yeah. actually the actual implementation of it is like the stupidest fucking thing imaginable <laughs> you know which is like and it's particularly annoying in games because like there are there are so many things that i've seen people like trying to use nfts for that those things would just be better 
as a row in a database somewhere. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, right. God, the, the fucking Steam marketplace has existed for years with you right. being able to own, you know, like, you know, like a hat for your guy in Team Fortress 2. And you can yeah, right. trade that hat. You can sell that hat. You can, right. you know, do a bunch of stuff. And like, sure, you know, when you kind of like sell it, you need to give Valve a little bit of money. But they're providing like the entire like means for you to do that in the marketplace and everything right. else. So it's always seemed worthwhile to me. And like, you need to do that in NFT, too, because you have to pay for the transaction fees to transfer to someone right. else anyway. So it's not like you're saving money. I mean, I guess like just someone else is getting that money that doesn't really have anything to do with um, Basically, yeah. what you're doing. So I don't know. It's, it's, I, I'm not excited to see how this shakes out, like particularly with um, how many of these like big names are getting involved. Like, I feel like, yeah. I feel like the chances of this just being like a passing fad fades with every day that like another big company gets <laughs> yeah. on board. Right. I know it's true. It's true. So um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe this will be, I mean, it's such a turnoff to me, anything to do with any of this stuff in gaming that um, I don't know. I don't want it to be the thing that becomes so prevalent that it kills gaming for me. Well, <laughs> I'm mean, just like, I quit it all. The, the problem, the problem really comes down to like, like every dumb thing. It's like, it's everything is twisted into like, Oh, how can I like make a maximum profit off of this? Right. Because, yeah, right. you know, if you, if you, again, if you looked at it from like a purely academic level and like had a game like magic, the gathering, where instead of owning physical yeah. cards, you owned, yeah a bunch of unique keys that went into like some kind of thing that showed that you owned those digital things. And right. then you can right, use right. that kind of like, you know, uh, virtual binder full of those keys mm -hmm. in various magic clients that would then like authenticate your card collection and like yeah. allow you to use those cards to do things. It's to kind of like blend the kind of like notion of collecting things of value that are independent of the game while mm -hmm. still being able to use them like that would be sort of neat but instead it's just like um and, and the reason i would think that would that would be neat is because like so for instance like right now there's magic online um which you know you can buy magic cards you can kind of sort of trade magic cards via like someone trading you like these weird tokens which are difficult to like uh -huh. convert back out to cash and when I say tokens, I mean like like a hard currency in the game, not a crypto token kind of thing. But, you know, the problem is the Magic Online client is like absolute dog shit, you know. So it'd be really yeah. neat to kind of like think of a, a way to use similar technology like this to be able to like own that same collection, but then have it be up to you, like which client you take your collection to to play with, you know. Yeah. And where you go to trade your stuff and all yeah. that kind of stuff, which, yeah, but the, but the problem is like, it never fucking works out like that. It's like, oh, how much can I sell this picture of a monkey for? <laughs> right. yeah. yeah. But no, I agree. There's a lot of cool, like valid re uses for this sort of stuff that I feel like aren't being utilized. So yeah. Yeah, I'm um, not looking forward to that, but, um, <clears throat> one of the big rumors right now is, um, Apple's AR VR headset is going to launch this year. Um, I feel like that's I'm been a big forward, rumor for years now. Know, yeah, I I don't think that'll be the case. I think if they are going to release something like that, it's a ways down the road. But um, <clears throat> perhaps it launches this year. I'd be interested to see Apple's take on this sort of thing. Um, 
But just beyond that specifically, I'm always happy to see um, what Apple does in a year. I mean, there'll probably be new AirPods. There might be something new that we haven't thought of yet. There'll definitely be new computers, you know. Yeah. Uh, all, all their shit should be switched over to M1s this year too, which is kind of cool. So. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, it, it seems like the rumor scene has been worked up for quite a while of like some kind of like Apple augmented reality like glasses or something like that, but. Yeah. I just, I, I just, I don't know. It's hard to, hard to imagine, um, that really working in a meaningful way with like current technology. When you looked at like a company like magic leap that had effectively yeah. unlimited investor money, right. um, you know, still their product was like a very clunky set of glasses with a tether with a thing that like you kept yeah. in your pocket. Yeah. Um, and like the best kind of like smart glasses we've gotten so far have been like, you, they basically don't do anything because, you know, yeah. you need to hold the battery like on your face, yeah. you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I, I think that that, it wouldn't surprise me if there's something in like the Apple R and D labs that kind of gets talked oh, about every sure. now and again. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> I don't know. But I it think, actually launching as a product seems suspect to me. Even yeah. This year. I, I think we're like a generation of battery technology or several generations of like processor and display technology beyond this yeah. kind of stuff being a thing that works, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But who knows? Agree, maybe but... they'll surprise me. I know I'd love to be surprised and proven wrong and have them come out and be like, Hey, we figured all this shit out. Here's the Apple version. And it's yeah, great. Maybe. I mean, I, I guess, don't know what games you play. <laughs> yeah. I I guess, Apple Arcade. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, you had, um, magic leap and you know, you have Microsoft HoloLens and stuff and they're both kind mm -hmm. of like, I, I guess you could kind of make the argument that those things right now are kind of sort of, in a place where like smartphones were when the iPhone came out, where it was like, yeah, you had people that use smartphones, but they all sort of sucked. And like, unless right. you had like a really good reason to have like, you know, Microsoft exchange on your phone, there was yeah. like not a good reason to put up with like having a windows smartphone when like, right. you know, you can just get a razor that had a battery that lasted a week instead of a yeah. phone that lasted right. like not even a day. Um, and then Apple came out with the iPhone. And everyone was like, Oh, okay. I, I get it now. This is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So is it possible that they're going to do that again with like AR and VR kind of stuff? Like yeah. maybe, I don't know. Maybe. But then again, yeah, you know, maybe. you, uh, yeah, I, I would, I would argue that like Facebook is a company that has infinite money and would like yeah. nothing more than for you to be, for everyone to be wearing like the meta glasses. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Well, the whole reason I don't own an Oculus Quest 2 is because of the Facebook stuff. You I know think what I mean? that they like, actually reverted that. I think they, I, don't think I think they changed it too, but yeah. um, when it originally came out and they're what, like 300 bucks or 200 bucks something or something like that. like that. Like they're very affordable. You don't need a crazy PC, you know, to hook it into or whatever. It's all self-contained stuff. That's kind of what I had been waiting for to have to jump yeah. into any sort of VR. I, mean, I had the original quest. The original quest is really cool. I mean, yeah. And, um, and it was really just that ties to Facebook that I was just like, eh, don't need a vr thing that bad yeah. but um but someday you know there will be there will be that stuff that that makes it through mainstream i think and um when i think about apple too i think they're poised in a really good position to have a good vr headset because um something that dawned on me several years ago because remember like vr has been the next big thing for like the last decade right every right, year yeah. it's like vr this vr that whatever and ps playstation vr was like you know gonna be the next thing and and whatever so 
um, it's still there. It's still never been become the next big thing. It's still waiting for that moment, but it's still been humming along all these years. Um, but like something that dawned on me a while back was like, okay, like VR gaming. Yeah, that's cool. Like whatever. But I was always like, I don't understand like the VR hang out in VR and watch a movie with someone sort of thing. Like that didn't make sense to me. And then it, and then it did where yeah. I was like, okay, I get it now. Like people hanging out virtually is a thing. And like, it's something that happens now just in different forms or whatever. And so, um, you know, even with all the talk of the metaverse and stuff like that, which I feel like is just a dumb buzzword for something that was going to happen anyway. Yeah. But like people hanging out together in virtual spaces, doing stuff, you know, a FaceTime call all of a sudden becomes like a virtual hangout together call or whatever. Um, I think Apple's really poised with a lot of their, their, stuff that they're doing already with being able to like share play a, a movie or music with somebody on a FaceTime call or like whatever, um, stuff like that is, will easily transition into like a VR situation, I think too. Um, so I think what they come out with goggles, it'll be like, Hey, cool. You know, I bet they'll, they'll get a lot of Apple arcade developers to like create VR versions of like Oceanhorn two or something. Mm -hmm. But then like, um, beyond that, I think it'll be like, you also want these because now FaceTime calls can be virtual reality calls with your loved ones or whatever. Um, I think they'll have a lot of things that you can do besides gaming with these, which is what I think will take VR to make it mainstream needs to be something that like you can strap them on and do all this other stuff besides gaming with. So I don't know. We'll see. I yeah, think it'd I, be, I don't disagree. Well, I guess we'll see what yeah. happens. I I don't know. It's still like to me, you know, VR and augmented reality and all that stuff like still is uh, a, like a solution in search of a problem more or less, yeah. because it's like, I mean, even my Oculus Quest is like such a good example of this. I mean, people will come over that have like never tried VR and, and you know, like ask me about it or whatever. And, you know, 20 minutes later, they're like, OK, that was cool. Thanks. You know, it's never like, yeah. oh, shit, like I got to get me one of these. Like, this is the coolest thing I've ever done. Right. Like, I, I just can't get enough of this game or this experience or right. whatever else. Yeah. Like, I, I can't believe I didn't have one of these before. It's just like, oh, right. yeah, that Star Wars game is cool. I mean, because there's like three or four things that you have people try. You know, it's like, hey, check out like the Netflix theater. It's pretty cool. Right. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's a Star Wars experience game that's pretty cool. Like, Beat Saber is pretty cool, stuff like that. But yeah. it's all like... You know, and some of the like the experience apps where it's like, oh, here, you're just sitting underwater and a giant yeah. like uh, <laughs> whale goes over your head kind of thing. Like, yeah, you know, that stuff's cool, but it's not like every house needs one of these because like, how could you ever not have this? And, right. And also, I want to do this every day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like beyond the tech demo impressive part. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree with you there, too. And like, so. I just I don't know. You know, you keep hearing about like all this like metaverse stuff. And mm -hmm. I just don't really know what the you know this new metaverse is going to do that like second life didn't already try to do and sort of right <laughs> succeeded sort of failed but remained this kind yeah. of like niche thing because it's just like why do you need to do it in a video game kind of thing yeah i think it's all just a bunch of silly hype it's like one of those i, I liken it to 3d tv and 3d movies where companies really wanted that to be the next big thing and people rejected it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's sort of the same thing here where companies are like, of course the metaverse is going to be amazing. You're all going to love it. And everyone's going to be like, nah, eh, I'm not, you know, I'm okay. Like yeah. I don't need to like virtually 
do shop at Walmart or whatever, you know, like it's way easier to just look at the website and buy stuff from walmart.com. So, well, right. And, and I uh, think the, like the other, the other problem is like people have gotten like so wise to the fact that like all of these things are used to like gather data on you to like, you know, yeah. sell you more shit. More I mean, cautious. like imagine you yeah. said so that, that like demo that everyone was uh, talking about this week of like the, the Walmart metaverse, like shopping aisle yeah. or whatever. Like, yeah. just Ugh. imagine how much data they would be able to farm from that kind of thing. It's like, oh, you yeah. looked at this product for 2.7 seconds. Interesting. Like, yeah. we'll make it, yeah. we'll make it, it's physical representation, like, larger and see if you buy it next yeah. time or, yeah, right. you know, stuff like that, which, like, I, I don't know, it just seems gross to me to, like, how, like, far gone all this crazy shit has gotten <laughs> with this yeah. kind of stuff. It's all very skeevy. So um, I don't know. We'll see. 2022 will be an interesting year based on what's going to happen with this whole metaverse stuff in the first place. If, is yeah. it going to take off like people think or is it going to be nothing or yeah, interesting is different form? I don't know. Certainly one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm personally excited for um, like there's a lot of like really cool hardware stuff that got all delayed and fucked up because of COVID and the chip shortage mm-hmm. and you know, the logistical nightmare and everything else. So right now, and like, what's crazy is that I've, I've pre-ordered all these things like so long ago that Mm -hmm. now it's just like me buying a Christmas present for my future self kind of thing, you know, because it's like, (laughs) cause like if it was all landing at the same time, you know, like between the, um, analog pocket and the play date and the steam deck and Mm -hmm. stuff, like I said, I'm paid for the steam deck, but, um, you know, if like all that stuff is like, Oh shit, I need to buy like a, you know, thousand dollars plus worth of crap right now like i'd be like yeah "Eh, i don't know i'm probably good on this stuff but because like you know i bought it so long ago yeah uh, it was so staggered yeah it's like (laughs) oh okay well whatever so playdate should be have you heard any more recent um i think it's just q1 yeah they haven't reached out at all about review units but um yeah i know they got screwed on um the battery issue was it and they had to you know change battery suppliers like at the last minute or whatever and that pushed the the play date back to this year yeah. now was and then um same with steam deck really yeah i'm logging um, in right now to see uh where my steam deck lands but i believe they're shipping in uh february right uh i don't know if it says an actual month or not i haven't checked on mine in a while but i was q2 2022 no i was q1 2022 from the start i wasn't one of the um q4 people so i have to do my dual factor shit to log into steam let me see here um oh my expected order availability is q2 2022 q2 and i think you were ahead of me on the steam deck i don't remember yeah um how do you look? Where do you go to the Steam so you deck? go to steamdeck.com, but you need to be log if you're logged in on Steam and then go to steamdeck.com. When you choose, go to choose your Steam Deck, it'll show you your active reservation information. Hmm, I didn't know this was a website. Let's see, well, I don't know where uh, I was a oh, lot more excited for this before I decided to get a new gaming pc but um right <laughs> you know still still pretty excited for it um oh yeah i'm q2 also um 
Hopefully because, they, like, this comes through. Yeah, I mean, like, what I've liked so much about my Switch is, um, you know, the laundry list of Steam games that I know are very good. Yeah. That yeah, I yeah. know I should play that, you know, just never yeah. got around to because you buy these games yeah. for, like, $2 on winter sale uh, yeah. to actually, like, have a machine where it's like, hey, this is my lay-in-bed uh, or sit on the couch while Lindsay's yeah. watching something on TV and, like, play yeah. through Spelunky 2 or, you know, like, yeah, what, right, like right, whatever right. else, right? Yeah. So we'll yeah, see. My, uh, the, uh, when Max has been that for me, it's been a great little, like, buddy to play PC games on or whatever, but um, still searching for that, you know, solution, to which is what Valve is hopefully doing with Steam Deck, where it's just sort of all plug and play. Because right now it's yeah. like, cool, do I want to, like, dick around if this game doesn't launch right and figure out what's wrong with it, especially with this really unique configuration yeah. of hardware that's not standard at all? Well, so see, um, yeah, like, or do I want to just pull the switch out where I know a game's going to work? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's <clears> that's the problem with having kind of, like, a wackier hardware configuration. Like, my, yeah. my PC right now is new enough that, like, I just... Can, it can just run anything. Like I don't need to do anything. Yeah. I don't need to worry about anything. I just like let the yeah. video drivers update itself as it mm-hmm. feels mm-hmm. fit. Let windows update itself whenever it wants to. Everything just works, you know, yeah. as opposed to having yeah. some like wacky little ultra uh, compact PC thing. You but, really have to babysit it for, and every game can be different and it just gets to be too much sometimes. Yeah. So I mean, there's some stuff I know I can hop in and just play and not worry yeah. about it. Yeah, the, but, cool, um, the cool thing about, I, I mean, you know, this is definitely a glass half full kind of, you know, making uh, as good a situation as you can is like the hardware getting delayed has just allowed more time in the oven for the different like software stuff surrounding the Steam Deck, you know, because yeah. um, the Steam Deck certification stuff is a fairly recent kind of thing. And it's yeah. going to be pretty cool if, you know, an extra few months for them to like go through and certify all these games and, and do... Mm-hmm everything else as opposed to just coming out and having the that kind of like initial experience being like oh this is cool but it's like such a crapshoot yeah. as to like what works and what works what good works, and yeah. what's right. really shitty and um yeah. all this other stuff so yeah i don't I know agree. it's still I, i'm still what i'm very curious of is to see if uh games start being like truly optimized for the steam deck instead of because mm-hmm. like right now it seems like the um the plan is like if something Steam Deck certified, it just kind of like, you know, just means that it runs and there's like a, you know, a, a performance profile for it that's like, oh, here's the video settings for this kind of thing. But, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. you know, as the Steam Deck gets more popular, like, is it going to be like like an actual console where it's like developers like, oh, no, well, let's like really spend some time like doing the Steam Deck optimized version Mm-hmm. of like you know how these like shaders should work for this specific processor type or like yeah you know how that's all going to pan out because yeah the I, the install base could be super tiny at which point like no one will give yeah. a shit or it could be really big yeah. and it'd be like oh damn like this is you know another like this is actually a real switch competitor right right yeah i'm curious to see that too um because uh yeah i wouldn't if i was a developer i would like be excited about something like the steam deck and I would want a spec for it without when I was making a game too, and make sure it runs good on it or whatever. So did you, um, did you buy or uh, pre-order an analog pocket? I did not. This is, so this sort is of regret a, it, but I also probably don't need one. Yeah. This is kind of like the only thing that I'm sort of on the fence with regards to like, Oh man, was this dumb to buy? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. 
So if you're, if you're not familiar with the analog stuff, like they've done, I don't remember what the, their actual consoles are called, but like their, their thing is like, so you know, when you, when you emulate something with software, you have a certain amount of inaccuracies with it, but just because like, you know, there's a lot going on in these consoles that emulators need to consider. And even the best ones, yeah, like kind of can't do stuff that or as accurately. And, you know, like, I, I don't know how much of a fucking difference this makes. Right. So, but they, um, I think they made like a combo unit. They made like a combo Nintendo or is there just like one that plays everything? I don't, they're really no, they've expensive. They've made a bunch. So. They've made a bunch. They have like a version of the Mega Drive and they have a version of the Super Nintendo and then they have like the NES, the SNES. Like they have a bunch of. Um, but I thought that they made one that was systems. just like, hey, this is the one that does like everything. Or am I, is that the Duo maybe or the NT? I think they have a couple that'll play multiple types of cartridges. Yeah. Um, let's see the analog NT. I think that was their first big one. Um, which is just NES, I think. Um, but you can set it all up with like HDMI and stuff pretty easy, which is, uh, usually a good thing for nowadays. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I have a Genesis one, a Game Boy one, a, uh, Game Gear links one. Oh, that's for the, um, yeah, the pocket. Yeah. Oh, and a TurboGrafx 16 one. That's the other one. Yeah, but I thought that I could have swore that they had they had one that had like six different cartridge slots on it. Maybe I'm thinking of a different piece of. I don't think they did piece no, of hardware, but, but um, I don't know. But anyway, so it's it's like a yeah, it's it's the Game Boy version of this kind of thing, and like I've always really just loved Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Game Boy Color stuff. So I was like, oh man, like I've passed up on like all these other ones that they've done, but just really want this dumb thing. But then the the problem is it like runs the normal cartridges, right? So it's like, all right, well, am I gonna like get back into buying these dumbass games that I already owned once? You probably shouldn't. <laughs> I mean, like it. It seems so crazy to well, be like, oh, let me track down a copy of like, right? You know, Game Boy Color, uh, Oracle of Seasons, kind of thing. You know, from from what I understand about this sort of thing is that Analog releases these things with their own operating system that's kind of closed off, and then very conveniently, like a week after it comes out, somebody comes out with like a jailbreak or like an open version of it that lets you run ROMs and stuff like that. And it's strongly hinted at that people from analog help develop the open software thing or whatever. And so I think from just legal standpoints, they're sort of like, these are for running the original games, not ROMs, but also it's like, oops, here's the version that does run ROMs. Yeah. So I think for me, like I had, um, I sold my Game Boy Micro like last year or year before or something like that, which was such a fun little system. And I loved owning one, but just never could use it. It It's too small. But I had, um, you know, a card reader cartridge for it that just had all the Game Boy games I wanted on it and mm-hmm. NES and blah, blah, blah. So like once that confirmed works with the analog pocket, which I feel like there's no chance in hell it does not. Yeah. Um, then I might buy something because I can't collect cartridges. I can't get into that whole thing or whatever. I mean, but like, I love the thing for the screen is the basically thing is, the like I could, selling point for me. I definitely could get into it. You definitely could. It's it's even rougher now than it was even a few years ago to try and collect uh, old games like that. Yeah, I, I mean, like what honestly, what um, I think I would be more into it if I hadn't bought all this stuff before. You know, like if I was yeah. just like. 
You know, if no, I was no. like 20 or something like that and like the, all these stuff were, these things were just kind of like before my time, but I really like retro game kind of stuff. Yeah. Then I could see like, oh yeah, hell yeah, cool. Like I'd love to own like, you know, a original version of Pokemon to play through or whatever yeah. on, you know, yeah. but like I had all this shit, man. I sold yeah, it no. for fucking pennies on the dollar Same. and, you know, and I don't know. You can make arguments all day long that, that ROMs are piracy and all this other shit. But like, I already bought these games. Uh, yeah, buying them right. again from eBay, like nin- yeah. Nintendo, the Pokemon company, I don't care. Name a game. Like absolutely no one that had anything to do with its creation or its distribution or uh, anything will see a penny yeah. of me buying it from some jackass right. on eBay for $100. Right. And... If that wasn't the case, I would be the first person in like, here's, here's, here's what I would love to see is like, you know, Nintendo or someone else being like, Hey man, if you want to like, we'll just put all the ROMs up, you know, they're 10 bucks a piece. You can buy them, you know, they get added to your Nintendo account. You can download the ROMs, do whatever you want with them. Yeah. At that point I, I would, I would buy every game that I played like straight from Nintendo to own, like have the legit version have the real dumped ROM and everything else. But like, until then, like, who is who is buying? Which you know, I've done on Virtual Console, on 3DS, yeah, on Wii, yeah, yeah, on fair you know, what Nintendo DS, like everywhere you've been able to rebuy things that Nintendo's made available. I have too, yeah. so it's like, you know, some of their games I've bought five or six times, which is pretty crazy too. Like here, let's but, see. Um, uh, yeah. So I what I would love to play is the Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons game. So. Mm-hmm. This is a game, the two Zelda games that I owned on the Game Boy and then rebought on the Game Boy Color because this is one of the first games that like, you know, I mean, the, the implementation of it was so shitty that I don't know why I bothered. But um, so, yeah, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons games only eighty six dollars ending in 22 minutes. I guess that's not <laughs> awful. That's basically retail. But still, it's like it's kind of awful. I don't know can't be spending 90 bucks on a game. But then, game. then you run into these other issues, though, of, like, actually authenticating all this stuff. Because, like... Yeah, there's a lot of phonies. You know, because these games have such extreme secondary market value, mm-hmm. um, there's, there's you know, a huge motivation for people to just sell fakes or to make fakes yeah. and stuff. Because, like, right. you know, if I'm looking at this being like, oh, all right, 90 bucks for two games I really want to play, like, I guess that's not too bad. And you can, like, right. you know, buy a, a fake from China for 10 bucks, make yeah. make 80 on a dumbass like me that is buying on eBay, not really knowing, like, if it's legit or not. Um, yeah. You know, it, it sucks. That, that's, it sucks. The whole thing sucks. Yeah. Well, I will be very interested to see the analog pocket come out because um, I didn't buy one. It's something I totally would have, and uh, I didn't. But I know if it comes out and it's too awesome, I'll hmm. buy a uh, well, crazy one off eBay for $1,000 or so whatever, too. Here's so. the really, really, really stupid thing about this. And this actually is like annoying me more than anything else, is that so I, I – they reopened, so I, I fucked up and missed the original pre-orders. Like, I don't know what I was doing, but I wasn't paying attention for, like, the, yeah. you know, 10 minutes you needed to be online in order to even have a chance to get one of these things last right. year, right? Um, yeah. So I, like, set every alarm in my house for when the pre-orders reopened again to get one this year. And, um, you know, was mashing the website at, you know, like, two seconds before it went up, ordered as quickly as I possibly fucking could, checked out. Yeah. 
and then went back and was like, oh shit, there's like all these accessories that I wanted. Like I kind of want the dock and like, I don't know, I might as well spend the 10 bucks or whatever on the screen protector. And <laughs> this case, I guess looks kind of cool. Uh, yeah. Let me order those. Um, so I am in the first group of, um, I just had this pulled up, uh, my pre-order fulfillment group. I'm in group A for the actual unit, which is Q1 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, my fucking, uh, like screen protector and everything else, because, because I like, I thought about it for a while. I went back like a half hour later. I was like, oh shit, I should order yeah. those other things. Q4. <laughs> wow. That's wild. So, yeah. And I emailed them and was like, hey, you know, I I don't know what you guys can do about this. Like, uh, can you, like, combine these orders in any way or whatever else? No response. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't know. So, whatever. Yeah, that's that's pretty silly. Um, hopefully I'm hoping, all these things come out this year. Well, so what, what I'm hoping is that, like, they just sent those emails automated by, like, order number thinking yeah. like that they were just sending it out like oh you're q4 for the unit and because my second order like was just accessories like maybe that'll ship like really quickly and like what everyone's waiting on is actually like the little like handle because it, it seems impossible for me to believe that a fucking like weight on a screen protector is going to be like a year right like yeah right 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 so yeah, yeah. i don't know you but will see. a lot of a lot of cool stuff coming out uh <laughs> i've got my my Nickelodeon uh, kart racers coming out soon too. So that's something I look forward to in 2022. Oh yeah. Um, Your soul sucking mobile free to play game. Yeah. It's pretty good. I don't know. I've tried to make it fun. (laughs) I have the test way version somewhere. I need to uh, put some time into it. It's gotten a lot better since that version. Time, something I don't have. Yeah. Yeah. We will shill the hell out of that thing when it comes out for sure. Shill it. Um, but let's wrap things up because we were running pretty long and uh, I got to te- let my family know they're, oh, they can come back to the house. I had to oh. kick them out and it's oh, raining. Well. So They're just standing outside in the rain. <laughs> no, no. I don't know where they went. I don't ask questions. Um, <laughs> anywho. Take this baby and get out of here. <laughs> get these kids out of here. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Touch Arcade Show. As always, we are primarily supported through our uh, readers and our listeners and our viewers. So if you like what we do, want to see us continue doing it, somehow we've continued this long through 2021, uh, then please check out patreon.com forward slash touch arcade and consider throwing a little support our way. You can also help us out by doing your Amazon shopping through toucharcade.com forward slash Amazon. Um, and shoot us an email because we haven't got an email in months. It feels like podcast at tetracade.com. Just say hi and, um, let us know what your thoughts are, what your favorite games of the year were, what, uh, you're looking forward to in 2022, uh, um, your thoughts on the metaverse, any of metaverse, that steam deck, uh, play date, uh, analog pocket, any of the really cool things from teenage engineering that I, can't believe that I haven't broken down and bought yet, even though I have absolutely no use for. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have you stuff. speaking of which? Have you seen how many different pocket operators they have now? Oh yeah, they have a billion of them. <laughs> Dude, it's I've ins- almost bought some one so many times. It's insane. Like I, I just thought I don't it was know what like, I do with it, but yeah. Well, right, yeah. I mean, I have no fucking idea. So <laughs> yeah, maybe this is uh, this uh, is where you become like a cool mix master. 
Right, maybe. Maybe I'll become a cool DJ or something, yeah. So anyway, with all that out of the way, thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the Touch Arcade Show. See ya.